0: Welcome to M Square. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Mike Bloomfield. And I'm Anthony Rock. Mike Palmer from Daddo here joining us today. He's the Vice President of Business Development. Came in from Connecticut to come visit us here in Staten Island. So, Mike, welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me. This is a good time.
0: It's a good time. We haven't even got yeah, started.
1: I've been here for 20 minutes. I saw the whole tour. I got everything
0: from you guys. You got a good voice for radio. It's better than ours. He's got a good look, his hair that, might be better than yours. It's competitive. I got a lot more grade. So not not in the beard. That's his, his,
2: and Dan's is a lot bigger. His is hair plugs. plugs. <laughs> yeah. It's good money though. <laughs> so I heard that he's taking the rant from you today. Let him take it. All right, let's move so on to Ryan's
0: it. rant. Ryan's rant.
3: And now for today's rap's rant.
0: Rap's rant. So typically Rap raps has rant. some rant of the day that he shares. But because I've been we've been recording our podcast over here. Uh, We're going to do the Ryan's rant. My rant is the speed cameras here in Staten Island. They are insane. They're out of control. And I don't mind the technology behind it. I think it's conceptually a good idea, but having a a 25-mile-per-hour speed limit is nuts. And it's literally for me to, to pull around, around the corner, past the bagel store, to get from your house, your office, to my house, is three minutes. And I racked up $200 in tickets in a week. So that's oh, sounds right. like a personal I don't like the speed yeah. cameras. That sounds I like
2: you speed. I don't yeah. speed. You just uh, do clearly speed you speed. You, you have can... two hundred dollars in speed tickets. I have I have you a hybrid speed. I have a hybrid. That doesn't mean that sounds car. like a personal problem. <laughs> so I am <laughs> I gonna go say this so is a marketing and branding podcast, and when rap does a rant, they're typically on topic. Your I was just grumpy. your <laughs> rant is not on topic today. No, it is. It's, um, part, of, it's say, part of the Vision Zero brand. Well, Oh, right? that's the, true. Okay, so you have a problem with the Vision Zero brand.
0: No, not particularly. I, I appreciate, the speed cameras. Part. I appreciate people saving lives. I believe that the, potentially, that the speed limit, even though there's different studies that have been shared publicly, that if, I'm, if the speed limit's 25 yep. on a busy street and mm-hmm. I go 36, that one mile over 10, yep. that that's a ticket. That's a little rough. So, it's and I. I so, if like you it, look at the international highway
2: safety statistics, twenty-five is not really is is lower than where they want you to, but they make it twenty-five because that gives you to thirty-five. Because the difference between a speed limit of thirty-five and then giving you a ticket at forty-six is the difference between life and death. So, the lower the speed is, the more chance. If you get hit by doing a car, except in front of my house. Um, doing under 25 miles an hour, you typically will live. It's going to be a... It's, it's the difference between you living and dying.
3: And full transparency, Dan, even though I can't see you, I know you're there. Full trans, <laughs> full transparency. <laughs> in Mike's former life, Mike was the guy who developed, implemented, and put the speed cameras up all over wherever it was he lived prior to Staten Island. So that's why he has... He's very... I old, did that
2: know. in Staten Island.
3: Oh, you I did it in Staten Island? Yeah, yeah,
2: I worked for the the... The company was... A uh, was based in Staten Island, got merged with a organization in Arizona. I think I moved to Arizona, but yeah, it was. And I started here out of the
3: $55, Mike got a $10 VIG every time oh, you want to a wish.
2: Take Oh my oh, god, yeah. I wish. <laughs> he's Still. got a little pop up that would have nice. been amazing! I have a lot more statues in here.
0: No, actually, I think it's more my rant is probably with myself because I'm more pissed off that I keep forgetting that it's there or I'm not paying attention to the way or your inability to and drive now correctly. Throw 200 bucks at the city for something else because there's a speed light more per capita in staten island than any <laughs> other borough
1: well, i mean if it's a three minute drive you were saying just budget four minutes and go to speed limit. <laughs> thank you
3: it's well, just one more minute that's or just walk w- <laughs> yeah just walk or just walk i mean then yeah. i could do that but yeah why you, you know, know why would you do that why would i do that why staten not island, i was in kansas
1: a couple years ago driving speed limit 75 miles an hour i was going 78 and i saw it on the ways there was going to be a, a, a cop and a cop puts his lights on he's going to pull me over I'm like what's going on here and I was like you know what they don't like Italians out here this could be like a My Cousin Vinny thing you know what I mean well, you he gave me right a warning and I, he, he was like you're going 78 I was like sorry I didn't even know that would have been speeding so I, like, the speeding laws change everywhere
2: <laughs> well in, in Arizona it's actually the speeding is based on reasonable and prudent the speed limit signs don't actually matter it's based on what everyone else is doing and the cop decides is the speed limit that seems, <laughs> fair.
1: That seems fair that's all i
2: want so completely like, arbitrary so it's complete like so you're like if a cop decides there was traffic or it's raining and everyone else is doing 55 even the speed limit 75 you're now, he's just decided the speed limit was 55.
0: Yeah, but you can't give the camera a PBA card and get out That's of that true. ticket. <laughs> I was going say, out here, everybody would, we'd just be flying but you don't
2: But you don't get any points. It's just a $50 ticket, and you move on. No points.
0: Do you want to pay it for me?
2: No, I just don't speed. I, you want me to tell you how not to get the speeding ticket? There is a secret. Don't speed. You know how you're going to get the red light camera ticket?
0: Don't run the red light. It's very easy. <laughs> you're the guy with the Audi. I have a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Who's speeding? You realize I he hope- thinks we're lying
3: to him right now, right? Think, <laughs> he thinks it's all a joke. He has no idea what's happening.
1: Buddy, right I'm going to be driving so slow driving <laughs> out it. of here. That's all I need.
2: Well, you 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 know, being in your position, we're going we're 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 to segue now. Yeah. Being <laughs> in your position, you travel a lot. Oh, every week somewhere, yeah. Are you uh, how, how many weeks this year will you be traveling?
1: I'd probably say 40 weeks out of the year I'll be somewhere. Well, Crazy. Maybe insane. like that.
2: And now do you rent a car normally or are you Ubering back and forth?
1: I'm usually Uber, Lyft everywhere. Okay. Uh, it's just easier. Unless I'm like, it's a far drive or something like that. But almost always, I don't bother with it. Mostly because I don't feel like when you're dropping it off at the airport, like I usually fly out early. I don't need that extra step to go drop the car off right. and all
2: that. Yeah, Right. Because that was when I used to travel at work. That was the one, Ubering Lyft wasn't around back then. So yeah. you rent cars old. and you, I'm old, and driving and all these random places and different rules. And, you know, I was in Missouri and it was snowing and it was like, it came to a halt. Like it was a flurry and they don't know how we drive. And like, I'm like, please, the highway closed down for like an hour because there was a flurry. Yeah, it's like Atlanta.
0: When we (laughs) lived back and forth between New York and New Orleans, we went down to New Orleans, it snowed for like an hour and the expressway was shut down. There's accidents everywhere, it was a disaster. I think person died, I think from, from like, from a flurry, but let's get back to M Squared. Mike De Palma again from Datto. Uh, this is a podcast about building brands. So can you tell us a little bit about your career and and, yeah. and background?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been with Datto about eight years Uh, But I've worked in a lot of different industries. My first job out of college, I was selling insurance for New York Life, and this was early two thousands when you're calling people in their kitchens and trying to sell them life insurance. So that was pretty horrible experience, but it was good because now I could pick up the phone and call anybody. Right? You get hung up on a thousand times a day. And then I went into banking. Then I was in uh, construction management. I did uh, business development for a company that we did hospitals and things like that. Italians like this construction. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's how I got all my suits. You got to do it as it is. You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: And then, uh, yeah, then I wound up at Datto kind of uh, randomly. Datto popped up in Norwalk. I'm from Norwalk, Connecticut. And uh, it popped up and all of a sudden, a bunch of people I grew up with were working there. And I didn't, know I didn't even have a tech background, you know? But they were growing like crazy. And uh, it was a little startup. And at the time, I was driving my daughter, I think Mike knows, my oldest daughter's deaf and she was going to a school up near Hartford. Now, if you don't know Connecticut, that's about an hour and a half drive every day. I would drive up there and then drive down to New Haven where I was working. And uh, I just my boss was cool with it, but I was coming in at nine o'clock, nine thirty every day. So my buddy of mine was like, "Why don't you come work for Datto? Um, I, you, they have a West Coast book of business open. You can work from eleven to eight. Perfect." I did some research, you know, got through the interview, and uh, now I've been with Datto ever since. And was able to, you know, so it's like a it's a very weird story of how to get there. But uh, yeah, got in as a sales rep, and then moved over to business development about a year later. And, uh, yeah, just stuck around. It was like Game of Thrones, last one standing. They made me a VP.
2: <laughs> when, you, when you started at Dago, what number were you? How many employees were there at that point? About 300. 300. And that was how many years ago?
1: That was 2015.
2: Okay. So here we are, 2023, Kaseya, acquisition of Dago. Mm-hmm. Two separate companies, but one umbrella. Yep. How many employees do you have now? About 4,800. Wild. wild.
1: It's wild. Yeah and if you go in you can go into our little internal uh, system and see what rank you are left so a bunch of people have left i'm in the top 100 like earliest 100
2: people Oh vintage Yes and you already yeah, get so people that So you have get left. vacation you get you, you get to pick vacation before others Oh yeah <laughs> I, it, it,
1: Yeah when well, you travel 40 hour, uh, 40 weeks out of the year you get to take vacation yeah so, so that, and, I, and, and, and that's my benefit to my wife i always say cuz i get all the airline points right so when we're flying and I say, you know, my kids are flying to, we went to Hawaii uh, and it was all paid for with points. I said, yeah, well, don't complain when daddy's traveling, when you're sitting there flying to Hawaii. I, I went on one plane in my life before I was 21. My kids are flying all over the
0: country. So and does somebody give you a hard time about not submitting your expenses still? It's the
1: bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have to approve everybody else's uh, expenses and I just kind of fly through them. But if they, somebody else catches them, well, why did you approve this? I'm like. I don't really look at it.
2: Nobody's looking at it. No, the mic's not even plugged in. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> no, I, I scrutinize every every single expense report.
2: <laughs> I that When I was at the Red Light Camera Company, and w- I was employee number 30, by the time I left, there was 900. But Goldman and Sachs dumped a half a billion dollars into the company. When they put $500 million in the company, policy changed. Oh, my God, expense reports were... The worst. They had some program, like a website. I don't remember. Where you have to go and put it through. The manager would have to approve or kick it back to you. And it was like, oh.
1: Oh, it's three stages, yeah. They want the
2: receipts. I'm like, really? You need the receipt? Who's on? Who's with you at lunch and dinner? And I'm like, oh my God, leave me alone.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it, it is intense. And it does, as you grow as a company, you have to do it that way, right? So, yeah, we have to put email addresses for everybody we take out. You got to itemize receipts. The worst is like hotels. You got to break down
2: taxes. The taxes Everything. Is the part. Uh, well, they
0: want you to break
2: down taxes? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to. It's yeah. the way that it, the... the the sales tax that comes out of the hotel room. Some of the systems will do it for you. And ours does it, (laughs) ours ours does it. So it calculates, so one of our clients is Ocean Casino. So if we go out to Atlantic City for the weekend and we put in the expenses for the room, it automatically, thankfully, now calculates your taxes for you based on the the amount of nights stayed and everything like
2: that. I was gonna say you go travel for work.
0: How do you know? I, do I realize you go work. to oceans. I travel for work. Yeah,
2: to AC. You go to Atlantic City. Oh, oh, Must be clients from
0: nice. Texas, Chicago. I bounce around. All right. So red
3: lights, taxes, CRMs—we're all over the board here. Let's talk about <laughs> what Datto does because I know Mike is geeking out literally because this is his world. Yeah. But what your company does affects a lot of companies, and a lot of companies don't know what you do. So could you just? explain
1: yeah one of the things that um you know now we've grown we were acquired by 6.2 billion dollars and the company's big but we sell only through managed service providers so techie geek for instance right so that's why you don't see us brand that much because if you're a small business you can't come buy something through us you have to go through somebody like mike right um but the core product and now we've got about 40 different products but the core product is business continuity so essentially instead of just a backup product it, it takes a full image of a server, so if a server were to go down, you could actually fail over to our device. So it sec- essentially allows you to keep your business up and running. And the guy who uh, created it was 22 when he founded it. Of course, right? 20—it's uh, 20, unbelievable. 22 years old. He's out of college. This was 07. The recession was coming. He couldn't find a job. He says, "I'm going to build my own thing." Starts building these devices by hand, right, in his parents' basement. Um, starts growing. He decided the business model is going to be, I'm going to find a, a managed service providers. So it was an easier way to, to expand instead of going individually to find, instead of, you know, going and finding a hundred businesses to sell to. you find 10 right. MSPs, they do it. And, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, sold it. We bought, bought by a, a Vista equity firm, uh, for a billion, 1.2 billion. So at, you know, and he owned 70% of the company. God bless him. So hey. at 35 years old, he was a billionaire. Now he builds uh, fighting robots. Wow! So he's on the he was on the board not? of directors. He built this big warehouse in Norwalk, and it, you can go. I could get you the link to the. It's uh, it's like the most popular YouTube channel for fighting robots. He's got bleachers set up. People come from all. I bring my kids there.
2: Literally so a billionaire with his toys.
1: It's exactly
2: he, right. He's a billionaire with his toys, and and following him is. It's almost like um, Bam Jarrett, except without the drugs. Yeah. Where Bam Jarrett would invite everyone, "You want to use my algae? Go ahead, take my r8." Like people tell me, he's like algae r8. He'll be like, "Oh yeah, you could take it, use it." It's Like his playgrounding, he loves having people
0: there.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he, he's the best. Yeah. And I still see him around. He bought a, a plane when, with all his money, at Virgin. Well, Atlantic. you have to have at least one. He got one, right? And then and then uh, when you you if you ever if you're a plane, you like rent. Pilots, like you don't have a full time pilot. It's like you get a certain amount of hours, but he didn't like that. So he's got a full time pilot. Dude has one client. He's better awesome than you. Accord. You don't have a full time uh, pilot. Have, I don't have a billion You're still dollars. using NetJets. <laughs>
2: you guys, <it>. yeah. cheapo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the pictures of looking where he took it from, right? When, when I looked at Austin's uh, story, you think about you see the picture of Jeff Bezos and in that first like Amazon with like the Amazon written on like shoe polish on the wall when you when at DagoCon when they showed pictures of Austin like people's data was in the basement on a like a, a metal rack with servers and he had like fans blowing on it and people and he was like off-site data sent the backup and yeah like true. people were paying him and this is. They had no idea that their data is like literally in this guy's basement.
0: Yeah, I mean, is he did he know he was building a brand then? Was it was it something that he was just good at as far as like I mean, as the, a skill set, and it just grew. Or
1: it, it you know the way he tells it is he's a very interesting guy. So obviously he's a brilliant uh, you know technician to create something like this. But he always did have a vision towards it. Like he had this goal that I'm going to create this company. And literally built it. It was like him, his little brother. So his little brother was still in college. A couple of his buddies, and he would he would be tech support too, and do phony voices, so you wouldn't think it was him. He would do an English accent. You called nice. that up? I swear to God. And then uh, and he had this vision, and it was very much uh, once he started getting some money coming in, it was ultra growth mode, and he was just uh, he he became more of a business person. But what was interesting is as we grew. He decided he didn't really like it. That's one of the reasons why he sold. Like he likes building things, he likes tinkering with things, and then he was spending his whole day sitting in boardrooms looking at EBITDA and all this stuff. And he said, "Well, why am I doing this?" You know. So he's like, "I'll just do something else that's fun." But he did have a vision much bigger than you know. He was just gonna build something, so he didn't have to get a real job. He always had this in him that he said, "You know, I'm gonna make it." And he saw a real gap in the market. It was right, tight, right place, right time. That was when we saw the rise of like ransomware starting to come up. So a product like this was perfect, and uh, and he made the culture like this fun, kind of like googly. Like if you go to our office, the the one up in Rochester's got one of those slides that goes down from like the fourth floor to the first floor. That's why you're smiling. That's why you're so happy. Yeah, Yeah. massages after lunch. Oh, there's Nerf gun fights and Lego walls, and there's free lunch Fridays. It was it was one of those cool environments to attract like good young. That's what you have to do nowadays to get young tech talent. Because you're competing against google and all that stuff
2: right not only are you building a brand for selling the product you're building a brand to get the talent to come and keep creating that product
1: exactly and it's not like connecticut's a hot spot for technology
2: right he was the first billion dollar like unicorn in connecticut right Dago? yeah
1: he, yeah he was it was uh the unicorn company's a billion dollar valuation that's not public or privately held yeah and he was the only one in the state of Connecticut. Uh, on the tech side. It's, it's well, an amazing story.
2: The office is amazing, makes my office look like a joke, and but and again, being at DagoCon, and that's the things I love, they always tell the story, and like you, 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 you kind of get vesting, and they talk about how the big thing there was who had the most monitors. Oh, yeah. Right, and there was like people with like what was the record of the most mongers? I, I, I don't
1: even know. On average, these techs have six monitors, but I mean, there's some where it's like uh, panoramic. Their <laughs> whole their whole desk is. I don't know. Look how at how brain. excited he is. I know.
2: But you see the pictures, and it's just he didn't funny. smile that big my, when his children were born. You, just he, aside, you, yes, did. just
1: did. as a quick aside, when I moved in, when I moved into my new office, I was on a call with Mike. And if and I'm talking, and he keeps looking around. And he goes, "I don't like those cords up there." That's how nitpicky Mike is. <laughs> oh yeah, because my cords just starts <laughs> hanging out. You remember that?
2: Of course I do. I do
0: that everywhere. It's not so just now you. Now he comes.
1: I gotta like clean up. Like my mom's coming over. So he does that in my house. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I'm not kidding. He, he comes <laughs> like, what is this? What is <laughs> this? <laughs> the, you see score? that cable over there? <laughs> yeah, I
2: just did that at the Steinberger Realtors. I fixed that conference room. I you went could- for a meeting. I was like, "What's this cord here?" And and meanwhile, think- you
3: charge me 300 to zip tie my. I, it's a Thanks. brand, my friend. It's a brand. Yeah. That's exactly what, exactly what we do did. the podcast. That's how we became friends. We'll talk about that another time. But he charged <laughs> me $300 for a zip tie.
1: He's getting money from your tickets. He's yep. got zip ties. <laughs> this guy's got a lot of streams of income coming.
0: So we talked about mergers and acquisitions of your company. What's, where's the future going?
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's, I've been through a lot. When we started, I was there for the first round of funding. We then merged with a co- company called Autotask. So those came together. So I went through that merger uh, we got acquired by Vista. We went public, uh, which was crazy, uh, and then we got acquired by a company called Kaseya, who offers a vast uh, array of security products. And so um, now we're no longer public. We're back into the private sector, owned by Kaseya. and it's been it's been a while. That happened about ten months ago, but the the company is still in this ultra growth mode, probably even accelerated. I mean, we're adding hundreds of people every single month. We just opened an office down in Orlando. So that 4,500, 4,800 number that we have now, by the end of the year, it should be around 6,000, which is crazy because you're seeing a lot of layoffs in the tech space, but the space that we're in is just, I mean, look, I'll never say recession proof, but when you're talking about security and you're talking about business continuity, Every business needs to invest in it now. So it's a, a really good space to be in. So it, it is not slowing down. It actually probably
2: accelerated after we got acquired.
0: Now, you said you only sell to MSPs. That's yep. correct. Now, so Kaseya the-
2: actually sells to not uh, to businesses as well. The Dago side of the house only sells to MSPs.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of products in the Kaseya side that do. Um, but those are for enterprise level. All the other products are small, mid-side yeah, MSP. Business.
0: So for all the non-geeks in the right. universe, why don't you tell them what an MSP is? doesn't matter. Just go to techgeek.com and, and learn about the <laughs> yeah. IT, There's super IT superheroes. There's only one IT
2: MSP is, your, is the acronym in the tech space. We love acronyms. Everything's an acronym. Managed Service Provider. So that's outsourced IT provider that helps a small business uh, with business continuity, cybersecurity, help desk, basically takes over and protect their infrastructure.
0: So is your growth based on that growth as well. There's oh. more MSPs that are coming out. There's more of a need for it.
1: Oh, 100%. When data was found in 2007, the, the model typically was break-fix, meaning the project works. So you'd, you'd hire somebody like Mikey come in and do some project work. As it evolved, businesses started to understand, well, I'd rather just outsource everything to you and not have to hire in-house IT people. And you know, we saw it slowly grow and then it exploded. And the pandemic actually really helped that because people were understanding, A, when it happened and everybody had to go work remote, they couldn't handle that in-house. The other problem we're seeing is there's a shortage in, in workforce in the tech space. So for a business owner, it makes a lot more sense to say, hey, I'm gonna pay you, Mike, and have all of your resources to support my IT instead of trying to find somebody, hire them, hope they don't get pulled away, have to deal with all that. And so the growth, that's really what it's been, it's been—it's the growth in the MSP space that we've kind of rode the wave with because we sell only through them.
2: And, and I, I also say that Dago has helped with the growth in the space because they they put their money into us. So we talk about we throw events all the time. Lunch and you learns, you've been to them, and those are thankfully thank to market development funds that Dago puts in investing us because they know by helping us to throw an event and create awareness, our, when our customer base grows, they they grow. So that's what I was going to ask you. So you're unique in
3: that I think, they'll correct me if I'm wrong, but you're the first non DTC brand we've had on the show. So your model is much different than a typical, you know, direct to consumer sales pitch, direct to consumer marketing plan. What do you guys do? And Mike just touched on it. That's one of the things you do, obviously, is take care of your MSPs. But what are some of the other things you guys do internally that's allowing for such growth?
1: Yeah, you know, it was interesting when I came over to Datto, it's what you call the inside sales model. So it's not like I'm calling and trying to sell Datto's. I'm working with a book of business of MSPs. And so a lot of it, that MDF fund, marketing development funds, has been a big push for us. But we're also trying to provide marketing materials for folks. We're doing sales trainings for folks. Um, You know, we're trying to make, give them all the tools that they need. So, for instance, you know, we've got programs that actually will help you set up LinkedIn campaigns ad campaigns, all of those things, because it makes more sense for us. We tried at one point a few years back to do some direct advertising to try to drive leads to our managed service providers, but it was too clunky. So we sponsored like uh, sporting events. We had billboards, train ads and all that. But then if somebody called into us, we'd have to vet the lead and find an MSP and it just didn't work. So we took all of that money and put it into resources for our partners. And it's been a much better uh, growth model for us.
3: Well, not to blow smoke up Mike's ass but he is the largest MSP in the borough. I would say in the tri-state, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not in the and tri-state. And he's also right, but not in the, the tri-state. Borough. Definitely in the borough, but in addition to that, he's also one of the most recognizable brands. Yeah. So that's
0: compliment and to data that. that
3: they've helped to do that so that's an amazing yeah. partnership that you guys have created there because yes. he's the fastest growing brand in Staten Island that's why he's sitting here
1: that's the first time I met Mike it was probably six seven years ago doing an MDF event yes. I came down here and, and that's when we met and we you know, stayed in touch ever since there was
2: a guy with an ankle brace like a two yeah you know. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Oh, where was it Tiki Island? Oh, the, everybody's in ankle bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you were probably like the a, outcast. Yeah, I came in. You were like, what, what, what the I, hell what is this? It was into. like a
0: cybersecurity thing, and all of a sudden, oh, Tiki it was, Island. It was right? security,
3: literally security. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. The South door's locked hottest.
1: behind me for some reason. I'm like, what
2: are we doing here? <laughs> right.
0: As
1: long as you knock twice,
2: you're <laughs> now, yeah. now you can't leave. And then, uh, you know, with the MDFs, what would be, I'm going a, I'm to a tee this one up for you. What's the most interesting MDF money you've given to... Like MSP,
1: so we have a pretty flexible program, and I listen to a lot of things, but this one MSP from Staten Island, sitting across from me, said, "I got an idea. I need a couple thousand dollars to buy potatoes." I said, "Mike, what are you talking about, buddy?" <laughs> <laughs> and he sent potatoes out to people.
2: I, you have to tell the story,
1: potatoes. You, you and never, didn't some you people try to. Eat
2: I never heard the story. Okay, and so he got
1: business out of it.
2: And I got the idea from I was at Kong and it was another one of the Shark Tank guys was there. Uh, Hershevik. It was, and he talked about one of the things he never investigated in was there was a website called PotatoGram, and they came on Shark Tank, and you actually would pick a gram, and they mail a potato to someone instead of like a postcard. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> So, I I've, I asked for $3,000. We picked 100 uh, businesses on Staten Island. And now I started looking up the logistics That's an expensive of it. Potato. It was expensive to do it. So, I said, I can't do it. I can't afford to do 100. So, we ended up buying them ourselves. I had my text, my two texts at the time, write on it don't be a couch potato, com or let you be a couch potato, com, And we basically, it was a three part campaign. So, the first thing we did was Mail the cat, just the potato. How do a, you mail a potato? You can't uh, put a uh, stamp uh, on it. Uh, so it's basically, let's I that. end up putting a padding envelope with a, uh, um, a postcard in there that was branded be a couch potato, let Techie Key take care of your IT.
3: And somehow uh, I feel like that's not even legal. Just uh, saying. Oh, well, I, it's I mean, legal. Why so can't then, I bring a CEO So then, then I, call my, I call
2: one of my lawyers, Jim Thompson, who we're, we're friends with. And I tell him, I'm getting ready to mail potatoes. He goes, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting ready to mail potatoes. I, no, I came up with the idea. He called to say, good job with that. Um, right the day before I was getting the mail potatoes, I said, oh, my God, I, I noticed a little mold on one of the potatoes. That's because it saying. took about a week for us to reg everything. Again, why? It's illegal to so mail potatoes. I printed labels and put on the potato, potato not for consumption otherwise you would have got sued <laughs> yeah, right, right, and that's when jim thompson when he received his potato called me and said i gotta say you know, i didn't I, receive a potato we weren't friends we maybe we weren't friends but and then i followed it up by so we mailed everyone a potato and then we followed it up with phone calls and then uh, we mailed them a swag box uh two weeks later so it was a multi-phased approach i remember being at guess idc event one guy looked at my logo and my shirt "Techie, geek are you the guy that mailed me a potato
0: <laughs> and you were like
2: yes i am <laughs> yeah Yes, I am. Did you get that book of business? Yeah, we got. uh, Well, here's that business weekend, but we got we did get business out of it. And get to this day, there's people if I talk to like you mailed me a potato. That's great.
0: That's again back to you guys. That's brilliant. You're selling. You're selling your sellers, right? And you're you're getting support to people that could unlock something that's that's super creative and and different. Is that really creative? Yeah, I mean, I still weird are, I have yet I never to have another request potato. never for potatoes. I'm, I'm Irish. I, would, I never send anybody a potato. <laughs> I would hoard them. Yeah. Uh, I think I was working around There here. is
2: one business owner on Island that told me she made potato chips with the potatoes. It said, do not consume. I said, it said, do not consume. She's like, it was fine. I cut yeah, it up it and we made potato chips. And I'll tell you after who that
3: was. I could almost imagine who it
2: was. <laughs> I
0: but, got
3: Going back, going back to what you mentioned, you guys just touched on the conferences. So now, conferences are huge. You guys throw those amazing conferences. Can you talk a little bit about the the development of them, the execution of them, how you get all these amazing guests and guest speakers to be a part of it?
1: Yeah, you know that when you talk about branding, that was what Datto did best. Like Datto made itself the cool company, the company you wanted to work for. And so the very first, we have these Datto cons every year. The very first one. Uh, They had a goal of getting 100 people. This was uh, 2013. And they got 150 people. But instead of making it just a regular conference where you sit there and you get everybody comes up and does their song and dance and clicks through and then the next one, we made it fun. We made it interesting. We brought in keynote speakers. We made it so you weren't just listening to vendors do their pitch. There was some thought leadership there, right? Right. Um, and then it just continued to grow and continued to grow. And, uh, you know, the next one had 250, the next one had 400, the next one had 700. And now we're up over 3,000 at these events. And it's the one, and it, the brand behind it became this is if you're going to go to an event,
3: this is
2: the one, to go, is to, the
1: one to. to go to, 100%. I, with,
2: with the two girls, I don't get to travel. The one event I go to every year is that one. Right,
3: and, and it's phenomenal. People. And now as an outsider who has no idea outside of knowing you what any of this really is, Right. That's something that even in my industry we know because that's one of the go-to events that's on the calendar. Everybody just wants at. to
1: know like what's going to be different this year. Right. What are they going to do next? Couple they look years ago, to it. yeah, 2019 we had uh, we had kept it. There's only about 15 people at All Data knew we had this, but we had Snoop Dogg um, who was going to open up the set day two and do an introduction to our founder at the time, Austin, and uh, come out and do one song. And we kept it a secret even internally; nobody knew. And I got a picture in the green room. I could show it. Me and Snoop. He uh, he smelled of the flower that. Oh, we had to get him in the green room. Yeah, we had to get him a a double suite, and he wanted a smoking room. Of course, like you don't, they don't make those in hotels anymore. So we just up front paid the fine, right? And and just had him. But and the place went nuts, and it was like that little investment. I mean, not a little investment. It was a six-figure investment to get him to do one song, (laughs) but. Um, it was like people still, that was 2019, people still talk about it. So like, how are we going to outdo ourselves? This past year, we had the after party. So everybody thought the event was over. And they're like, ah, oh, it was good. There's no surprises. We brought out Shaquille O'Neal to be the DJ. And that's he was crazy. a DJ. Because he is a, yeah. apparently a DJ. Shaq Diesel. Shaq
0: I got Diesel. the CDs. Come on, This guy knows. What are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he comes watch out. I'm sh- Shazam, too. I'm the Hoopa. Yeah, I, I, I know Shaq words. came
2: out. I was like, that's the surprising. I left and drove back to this New York. Of course York. He he did, doesn't,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But guy. it was—I uh, mean, it was not. So you know, now we got to try to top that one. You know, we'll be in Miami, so I don't know. We'll See, get Will Smith, or something. a good town. M-
2: yeah. and me good, personally, good I loved like at the late, the last keynote, they had Mark Rober. Who are you familiar with him on YouTube yes. and the Glitter Bombs? Like, and I was like a kid. I was like, oh my god, I like, am like a kid. But when I heard he was announced, I was emailing Mike. I get. Like, I want to meet him. I want to meet him. And somehow, and I commented to Rob. Ray at that point, and apparently he's the one that got me on the guest list. I thought it was you. He's full of crap. Dude. I got you on that guest list. So talk about how I mean,
0: he was a keynote speaker. I want to hear that. Story. I want to hear that too. But the go to talent that's coming up in the future is Will Smith. <laughs> I don't know. I say <laughs> Miami. Like,
1: it's the only thing I, you know, he had that song Miami. Maybe we get him to say that. I like that. Re- he needs to rebrand his image. So maybe he starts at Dattocon mm-hmm. and
0: uh-huh. good luck with that. Yeah. A boxing so, match with Chris Rock. Yeah. Back to our geek.
3: <laughs> No, yes. so talk about, I'm curious, because I didn't believe you. I know I, I got the call. I watched you on social when you were at the conference, and then we actually had the Advance publish a beautiful piece about you that you gave a keynote at such a high-level event, uh, a national event. But I still don't know, even though he's here, how or why they asked you to be a part of it. So I want to hear that backstory.
2: So am I telling the backstory? story? Whoever. Let's,
1: uh, uh, Let's hear Go him. ahead. Yeah, I want to like, see your impression of it. And this is international, too, and we have people from all over the world. So, so –
2: in the IT industry, in the MSP industry, somehow they think that I know what I'm talking about. There you go. So many vendors actually ask me to help be on their uh, billboards, like, yeah. and it's pretty funny because when you at conferences, I don't get to travel, but people will send me pictures, and you literally walk through the show floor, and there's my face here, there's my face over on the billboards. It's crazy. <laughs> like I know that guy on, on video screens. There's my there's videos of me, and and, and so. I, I I Again, branding, I'm branding myself as well, and not only here to my, my consumer, to the business owners, but also to the industry, because I want to be a valuable part of the industry to get information before others to make, elevate me. But they asked me to help. So yeah, they asked me for this DagoCon to uh, help put do a, 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 a sit on a panel to speak about uh, Dago SAS Defense and DagoSAS Protection, which is a product that they were pushing out that we've been utilizing, and we helped to develop that product. We run their advisory board on uh, for that product before it was public released to everyone, and it was great. They, we got to speak in front of MSPs, talk about you know what we learned about pre uh, during the pandemic, how it was able to help make businesses uh, be protecting. But and then when I found out Gary V is talking at the same conference, I'm like, I'm talking at the same conference, and I did Gary that. Vee. Yeah.
3: And I'm only joking. He is kind of a big deal. So it, I could joke around him because we're friends, but that was probably one of the biggest accomplishments in the last two years, I would say. For T- yeah, T- absolutely. Because that was crazy. phenomenal. Well, it, that's crazy. it also
1: comes down, I mean, look, the industry, you're in a tech industry. There's not a, uh, a ton of folks that are comfortable presenting on stage. And even the people that think they will, when you sit up on that stage, it's a- It's all over. It's a Yeah, it's a daunting thing. So you know, having a relationship with Mike for so long and done presentations with him, Um, and you know he has the ability to be able to to describe the products or how he positions them in a way that's digestible to folks and doesn't get into the weeds of all these things he'll just glaze over and so that's kind of what we look for across all of our speakers that can be engaging because when you're there at any conference for several days they get long i don't care you know so you want to keep it entertaining that's why we do things like panels bring partners up Um, but you want somebody who can engage the crowd so when you're sitting there trying to put together who you're going to get, you I, I knew I was comfortable with Mike. It was like I, I don't have to worry about Mike clamming up. It would have been funny, though, if you He's did. He's such an introvert, you though. You couldn't talk.
2: Yeah. So yeah. as
3: his agent, are we booking him this year? That's where I'm, I'm segueing. So so Miami, what's the date? We'll, we'll talk to his wife when we get about it.
2: Yeah, there. I think it, it's usually in West. Is it September or October? It's October. First um, week I, of October in Miami. Uh, it's,
3: Can we announce it here live that he will be a part of it? Live on this yeah. podcast. The mics aren't even on. I
1: mean they'll sell some tickets. We'll yeah. see what ticket sales are doing. You're coming?
2: I'll push if you're tickets. there. Can I'm we going. do the podcast from there? If see, you're there, I'm going. Fun. We'll bring the M2 podcast Let's down. Let's make there. it happen. Let's do it. You give not a like keynote. Miami. We'll give a keynote. We'll podcast. No, live. Not we, you. You give the keynote. <laughs> <You're all laughs> deserved. Um you get your spotlight. <laughs> I, I see I already told Nicole we have to go to Miami. She was yelling at me. I was like, we gotta turn this because in October we're going to uh, Disney World as well. It's like this could be a work trip, right to Miami, oh, right yeah. up to Disney World. She's like, "Yeah, I'm taking the kids to Dagocon." I was like, "Why not?" <laughs> I mean, fine. that's every kid's dream. <laughs> South
1: Beach, yeah, right? <laughs> All exactly children.
2: Right. Hey, kids! Before you see Mickey and Minnie, we're spending three days on a tech conference. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. But uh, no, and it was great, and then it was funny though when I walk into uh, Dagocon. When you first walk in the main room of the vendor uh, displays. Obviously, they are the first booth you come into, and there's two pillars with uh, CV screens playing videos of me. Of course. Of course. And so, the only thing I would make like to suggest to Dago is maybe the speaker should get a speaker badge. So, we differentiate. He felt or I, 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 I went mean, up to the woman, I'm like, I'm a, Hi, I'm a speaker. She's like, Oh, okay. I was like, Yes, is there a different lanyard or something? She's like, No. I'm like, Do you have anything that says speaker? She's uh-huh. like, no. So Fabian, my account manager, ran and got a, a, a Sharpie and wrote,
3: Skeekers. excuse me. What do you have to inflate my ego?
2: I've seen nothing to <laughs> inflate my ego. Yeah. They spend money. So let's get back to branding and things I've learned. I will say, in Island, when you talk to people, they say that I, I give decent swag. And I've learned that also by watching things they do. Now, I wish they, I had their money because I would up my game for swag. So maybe you could give me some more money just swag. keep sending potatoes uh, my swag yeah, just swag keep sending um, potatoes. they i when i got to uh go to the stock exchange with mike and they gave um all of us who were there Dago branded luggage
1: yeah with the phone with the charger phone in it. charge nice
2: like every daggo con they give you uh backpacks laptop bags branded which we do have techie geek laptop bags i'm hopefully you're using yours today, Dan? If I haven't got it's one
0: right, of the those. Me neither. Right, right. Cares about the I'll give brother. you one. It's but in your
3: office. He's the guy giving you the money. Give the kid a
2: bag. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, I'll, I'll give you a did. bag. You can have anything. <laughs> Take a statue on your way. <laughs> yeah. But no, they, uh, they, they have the best swag. And, and and swag's important because they're smart, right? It's yeah. the whole, why can't you give everyone a backpack? The same reason I'm giving Dan a backpack, because every business he's walking into has now got the Techie Geek backpack <laughs> on it.
1: That's it. And it, when you think about swag, it, you got to be smart. It's something that somebody's going to use as your logo on it. When I go on a plane to a conference, if I go to DattoCon, I'm flying out of LaGuardia, I'm going to see several people with Datto backpacks from previous ones. They wear them all the time. Um, that's why cups are really good. You know, it's something that you're going to have in front of you all the time, like that luggage. So not only is you're going to be staring at Datto's, you know, logo all the time, but now you're out on a plane and people see it. I get people ask me all the time, "Oh, I, I, I think we have a Datto in our office because I have my Datto backpack on the airplane." Or I knew somebody who, who worked at Datto, and you, it just, it, the branding becomes more than just something cool. A lot of vendors will spend time on, on, and money on something that's cool just in the moment. Uh, you know, here's a, a kit to make an old-fashioned or something like that. You spend all this money. You make that old-fashioned, and it goes in the garbage, right? But something like a, a backpack or a hat or something like that, even spending money on good pens, it sounds silly, yeah. but we, we spend extra money on our pens so that you're using a Datto pen all the time.
0: Because you see it as an investment, not as an expense. Yeah, that, oh yeah. That's something that I think is overlooked often, especially in a small business community. In so, our space. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta invest in yourselves, right? And that's that's something that's easily becomes something that's put to the back of the books. What would be some examples of
1: bad swag? We've probably had a couple of bad ones too. I, I mean I think we had we spent a bunch of money on these multi tools. You remember those multi tools? Yes. Yeah, they looked Swiss like credit cards. Ones. Yeah, but it was like an but. And we thought they were cool. We couldn't give these things away. And then they were supposed to be, you put them in your wallet, but you can't get on the plane with half, <laughs> half the time. So like, you know, and that was like the think tank of folks that actually aren't really out at the events, thought it was cool. And it looks cool. Like, oh, look, you could open cans and you could, there's a screwdriver on here and all this stuff. Nobody used it. So, and, and we see- oh, and, well, It
2: was probably expensive.
1: They were very expensive. So we wound up shift them and give them away at MDF events because we had this huge inventory and they were heavy- is and that why I got them, yeah. They're <laughs> like, Oh, god, I got these great things for you on the so I'm still <laughs> in sales, I still could sell a <laughs> ship um,
2: yeah. And, and we we spoke about that a previous podcast, you know, swag is very important. And I and I walk through show floors and I'll see like slinkies and th- yeah. something someone's gonna rip apart and throw out, yeah. It's junk you
0: bring home for your kids,
1: it, exactly. Right. We actually, I'll tell you right now, the event I was at earlier this week, we had uh. Rubik's cubes, which seems kind of cool. And people are throwing a bag. And I'm like, this is, you know, nobody cares about these Rubik's cubes. You know, like the the nice turvis cups that we had. Somebody will walk around with the, that turvis cup yeah. all the time. You know, like that makes sense. Even I got my dad branded chapstick or it's Kaseya branded chapstick in here. Seems silly, but you know what? I'm going to have this. How long does chapstick last? A while. And so in wintertime, I got to, you know, somebody will be staring at that. And it costs you not a lot of money. So it's not necessarily... Um, you know, you have to go and buy the, the Rolls Royce of swag, right. but you also can't look at it. Some people look at it, like you said, as just an expense and, and you know, is, is, a, is a backpack really going to get us business? Yeah, it's going to get you business from that person, but also the branding of what's the new backpack you're coming out with this year, you know?
3: It's the, the Luke's copy motto, advertising uh, pays, it doesn't cost have you ever seen that on all of his invoices? No, never. No? I never, never no, printed from that. That, him. that makes sense, is. though. I like all that of his quote. invoices, and he's the largest uh, printer on that Island. Oh yeah, that's, on every invoice, that's where it says. And I always laugh when I see it. And Dan what? just said it, that's why it's funny.
2: And and we talk about that, and that was one of the questions we had for you. Is, you know, it's, and what you just said is advertising, marketing, and branding. It should be an investment, not an expense. You know, at Dago, you know, being a VP, do you? How do you look at your return on investment? How do you look to know that? Everything you're doing is truly an investment and not an expense. And when you find an expense, how do you cut it off?
1: Yeah, I think that that's really important, the tracking. As much as it sounds like, oh, we're doing all this cool, fun stuff, you have to be able to track ROI. And we do it through our uh, marketing development funds. is pretty easy. We give you money. We see who comes to that event, who closes business. There's our ROI. On things like, uh, you know, event swag and things like that, we're looking at what we call marketing qualified leads that come from that event. So our MQLs <laughs> that come from it. And the reason why it's important to track is because a lot of things look good on paper, you know, but until you start looking at the results, you don't know whether that money was well spent. You know, I wouldn't have thought the potato campaign was going to do well, <laughs> but you track it and it did well. There's plenty of times when we've made splashes. To my point earlier, we sponsored the women's volleyball national championship or something, right? And we spent a bunch of money and it was, you know, we'd see it at the time data all around like, you know, the thing. And we got nothing out of it, A, because there was no way for us to track it. But B, it's like, what is the target audience? Our target audience is ma- our managed service providers who are looking to sell. Like, what was a women's volleyball tournament going to do for us? So, again, that's when we pivoted. So, um, you know, it's good to take chances on different things. But, um, you know, we're looking at ROI for our, on our side in a couple of different ways. Are we bringing on new MSPs, new managed service providers to start reselling our product? And are we helping to the existing uh, partners grow? And for our, the best bang for our buck is actually to get our existing partners to grow. It's just, right. it's an easier, it's less of a cost, the cost of acquisition of a new partner costs more. We need to do it. But if you look at where our growth comes from, it typically comes from the top 20% of our partners that we've, we've gotten to go.
0: That's great. Very interesting model. So, well, listen, we, uh, we, Mike De Palma from Datto, we really appreciate you coming in today, coming down, down from Connecticut, that, sharing some of your, your personal stories and just industry knowledge uh so thank you thank you for coming down again co-host thank mike you mike field yeah you got it and anthony raptua that's a wrap and i'm dan ryan
3: three companies disrupting what you know about marketing and branding welcome to m squared